Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 17-24, called Put on the New Self. Would you take your Bible, open it to Ephesians chapter 4, as we continue to work through the letter to the Ephesians. And last time we were together, we looked at the idea of equipping and how Jesus Christ has given gifts to the church. Among those gifts are certain men that are called to equip the church. And we looked at that in verses 11 through 16 in Ephesians 4, that he gave some as apostles some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. We define the word equipping as a word that means to furnish for service or for action. And so whenever you sit under the teaching of the word of God, whenever you are hearing an evangelist try to stir you to evangelism, whenever you hear a missionary telling you about a mission trip and trying to get you fired up about missions, whenever you hear a pastor or teacher teach the word of God, those gifts, those roles or offices are given to the church for the equipping of the body of Christ to works of service. Every one of us is in the ministry and every one of us sits under the teaching of the word of God so that we might be equipped to use our gifts. And we talked about the maturity of the body in verse 13. It says, until we all attain the unity of the faith, that's the Christian faith, this is Ephesians 4.13, and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, But speaking the truth in love, and we we said you could literally say truthing it in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let's pray. Well, Father, we want to thank you for this uh, time that we have again in the Word of God. Thank you for the mission trip that happened in Mexico and for the blessing that uh, sounds like it, it affected everybody, both the locals that were there and those who went out and stepped out in faith. We thank you for the fruit that uh, you allowed to occur there, and we pray that that fruit will remain and blossom. We pray that you would light a fire in more and more people to minister to those who are ministering, and also to be your hands and your feet to the children and to different areas of the world. Thank you that there is a passion for missions among the people of living truth, and we pray that you would continue to stoke that fire. And as we look at the divine wardrobe tonight and get kind of a foretaste of the armor of God, I pray that you would teach us, Father, how to be those who walk in purity and holiness and how to find the keys to walking in victory tonight. So we we bless your holy name and pray for your guidance and direction. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as we move from the idea of equipping, we're going to move into the idea of the divine wardrobe. I heard a story about a man named Lloyd Scott. 
He set a new world record for the slowest marathon time by finishing the Edinburgh Marathon in six days, four hours, 30 minutes, and 56 seconds. Now, the reason that that was a record is he he did the marathon in a 130-pound deep-sea diving suit. Another time, he did the marathon in a medieval suit of armor. And of course, he has kind of a strange sense of humor. He enjoys doing these things, and he described coming into the stadium, and as he was coming in, there was a huge round of applause as he came in in the deep-sea diving suit, and one would have to ask the question, why would anybody ever want to run a marathon in that way? And the, the truth of the matter is that illustration illustrates how a lot of people attempt to walk the walk and run the race of the Christian life. They do it with a huge uh, encumbrance on their lives. It's, de- it's described in Hebrews 12, and I want to take you there. So if you go there with me, Hebrews chapter 12. And the writer of Hebrews is telling us about the great hall of faith, and he tells us about all these people that ran the race before us, Hebrews 12, verse 1, and he gives us a connecting word, therefore. He says, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and he gives us the image of a stadium, and kind of like the finish of a marathon. You know how marathon runners will run, and they'll do this huge course, maybe in a city, and then they'll make their final leg into the actual stadium, and the crowd will begin to rise, and that's the picture of the cloud of witnesses, and the cloud of witnesses are chronicled in Hebrews chapter 11, and they are Moses, and they are Abraham, and they are others that are chronicled by the writer of Hebrews, and they make up the cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us in the stadium as we try to finish this race that we have been called to run and to run it with endurance. The writer of Hebrews says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set, or that is set before us. Literally, you can say, the NIV puts it this way, when we lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us, it says, throw off everything that hinders, and literally, you could render this, the weight that hinders. Sin entangles, it weighs you down, and it is a retardant, or it it, it keeps you from running effectively. And this section that we're going to look at tonight is kind of an introduction into the armor of God, but it presents before us the challenge of the Christian. And the challenge of the Christian is to run with the, the abilities that God has given us, with the equipping that God has given us, and not to be weighed down by the old things of the old life. That is the battle that all of us face to shed those things which hinder us so that we can run the race that God has marked out before us. Now we looked at a passage in Ephesians chapter 2 and noted that we are God's workmanship. We've been created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has marked out a trail For each believer, he has gifted us to that end and he has called us, now that he has called us, to uh, walk in those gifts, to walk in a manner, as we saw in Ephesians 4.1, worthy of the calling with which we have been called. And there are all kinds of things that weigh us down. But we want to run effectively, we want to run freely, and we want to run consistently. Now the one that 
uh, wants to equip us for the race is Jesus Christ. He's the one that's given the gifts. He's the one that has blazed the trail. He is both the author and perfecter of our faith. And we fix our eyes on Jesus as we run the race. He is literally the main figure cheering us on. If you think of the stadium being the saints that have gone before us, picture Jesus kind of like the coach at the finish line, cheering you on, telling you to fix your eyes away from other things and to fix your eyes on him. That's the, that's the image of the marathon. And so we have all these things that hinder us, all these weights that can come our way, and a lot of them have to do with just normal everyday life. A lot of them have to do with the fallen world in which we live. And so we need to put off certain things and put on other things. And that's, I got a fly landing on my Bible here. And that, that is the, the battle. So look at verse 17 in Ephesians 4. This I say, therefore, and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, and here's our image, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and here's the other key phrase, and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Now we have the ideas of put off and put on. We have to put off the things that hinder and we have to put on the new self. And that happens after we become believers. Now with that in mind, go to Romans 13. Romans 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Look at verse 11. Romans 13, 11 says, And this do, knowing the time... It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep, for now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. Romans 13, verse 12. The night is almost gone, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. If you like to mark your Bible, mark the phrase in verse 12, lay aside, and mark the phrase, put on the armor of light. This will remind us again of Ephesians 6, which we will get there in a later study. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. But here's the key. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Now there is no doubt that Paul is writing to believers in the church at Rome. And if you know anything about Rome, you know that Rome was filled with corruption. If you know anything about Ephesus, you know that Ephesus was filled with corruption. These cities had a lot of immorality going on, a lot of pagan worship that went on, and a lot of the people that came to Christ from these cities had come out of these lifestyles. Now, many of you know from firsthand knowledge that this is probably one of the bigger things that we all wrestle with. We come out of a lifestyle, we come into Christ, but we don't necessarily become automatically immune to the pull of that lifestyle. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And a lot of the people that came to Christ from these cities had come out of these lifestyles. Now, many of you know from firsthand knowledge that this is probably one of the bigger things that we all wrestle with. We come out of a lifestyle, we come into Christ, but we don't necessarily become automatically immune to the pull of that lifestyle. Now, it can be different for everyone, but the point is this. We come into Christ just as we are. Christ makes us a new creation in him, but the sanctification process is going to last for the rest of your life. And God is going to call you to shed things one by one of the old life, to get rid of them so that you can no longer be weighted down by them. And now in some of our cases, we have a longer list than others. It kind of just depends where you've come from, how long you've lived a life away from Jesus Christ. But these are realities. And when these things face the believer, we need to understand there are two things we have to do. We have to shed the things that hinder and put on the things that help. Let me say that one more time. We need to shed the things that hinder and put on the things that help. Now, because this is tied to the equipping imagery, you have to understand that the main way in which God helps us to put on the new man is by virtue of what he supplies to the church. So lots of times people say, why do you go to so many Bible studies? Because each time you go to a study or each time you have your own personal devotions, you put on more and more the things of God. And by virtue of putting on the things of God, you're putting off the things of the flesh. See, whatever you sow to, that is what you reap. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to the things of the Spirit, you're going to reap life. So the more we mature in Jesus Christ, the more we understand how desperately we need the things of God. So we come into the community of God on a Wednesday night. Why? Because we need to put on more and more of the new self. And these are the ways in which God does it in your life. He equips you more and more with the things of the kingdom. And when you dive into the deep end of of, uh, Bible study, prayer, fellowship, do you notice that you have more strength to fight the temptations? Do you notice that when you're away from the things of God, how easy it is for your flesh to be enticed by the old temptations? That's why the enemy is constantly trying to keep Christians away from your Bible, away from prayer, away from fellowship, and away from worship, because he knows that the more you do those things, the more you will become impenetrable to his attacks. You have a shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, not some, 
all of the fiery arrows of the wicked one. He knows that. He knows if you are built up in your faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you will be less apt to fall. This is the way the kingdom works. It is all about the divine wardrobe that God gives you and it all flows from the head who is Jesus Christ. And so we are to put on Jesus and we are to make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Now go to Colossians chapter 3. You may be asking as you sit there tonight, Colossians 3, how in the world do you put on Jesus Christ? What does that mean? Well, I kind of picture that every time I go into church, it's like the superhero going into the phone booth. You know what I'm saying? I come out. Now I'm not a superman, but I might be a a better Christian, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, But what we want to avoid is we don't want to be like the two-faced person. Have you ever seen the actor that they paint one side of their body and they have certain kind of clothing on this side and then they turn and then they're a completely different individual? That's what you don't want in your Christian life. You don't want to be old two-faced, if you know what I'm saying. You don't want to have the Christian wardrobe over here, but it doesn't take you long to just go like this and... Whoa, yeah, or whatever. See, that was planned from the back. No, I'm just kidding, but see, we all fight that. We all fight um, the pull of the old self, and we need to get rid of the things that cling to us. We have to be on the offensive. And so in Colossians chapter 2, we ended with this verse, and it says, verse 18, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement, the worship of, of the angels, Colossians 2.18, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. And not fo- holding fast to the head, put on Jesus, remember, from whom the entire body, Colossians 2.19, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why as if you were living in the world do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with the using in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Now, one side of the battle is people who go hyper-religious. And what they did in these ancient days is they felt like if they abused their body, then somehow they wouldn't give in to the lust of the flesh. So if I put myself in a cave somewhere, or every time I had a temptation, some, there's, there's stories actually about early church fathers that when they got tempted sexually, there's a story about one church father who threw himself into a thorn bush upon feeling some sexual temptation. And that was to abase his body, to abuse his body. He felt like, I'm being sexually tempted, so I'll jump into this thorn bush and hurt myself. And all he came out with was cuts and the normal temptations of life. That doesn't work. Severe treatment of the body and self-abasement and self-made religion is not effective in dealing with temptation. you got to get to the root of temptation, and the root is our hearts. If you're trying to do it in, in outward religion, you're going to fail every single time, and if you are good at it, then you'll just be a prideful person. Now here's the key. 
If then you have been raised up with Christ, Colossians 3.1, keep seeking the things above. Forget about this nonsense that the world sells you about works and abuse of the body and whatever else, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He's the one that's going to help you. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside. Think of put off and put on. Put aside what? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And have, here's our other key phrase, put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. And so... As those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, here it is, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, here's our phrase, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. You've been listening to Put On The New Self, part one on Walk In Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter four, verses 17 through 24. Hey, and if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk In Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow Walk In Truth on social media. We'd love to see who's listening. Walk In Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us at at Walk In Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, here we are talking about new life and putting on the new man, and I realize that some of you are like, man, I'm just trying to recover from what happened in the last six months or year. And I'll tell you, brethren, I I feel you. There's days that I come into the church, and we're putting out the normal fires and praying over, you know, stuff that's going on and people who are sick or have lost a loved one, and then... You get an email about something happening in the Middle East and, you know, Christian lives that are on the line and persecution and even martyrdom and, whew. And some of you are, you know, like I I lost my job and things are getting weird in the culture and sometimes you don't even know which way is up and what information to, to believe and, man, there's a lot going on. And, and you say, well, what do I do? Well, I will tell you, and, and I'm and I'm being straight up real with you here. No joke. You put on the new man, because in the old man, in the in the fleshly responses to these things, I want to curl up in a ball, frankly, and run for the hills. But in the new man, when Christ and His power are ruling and reigning. Man, I feel like I can do all things. And indeed, I can. That's Philippians 4.13. Through Christ who strengthens me. 
So I want to encourage you. We all go through it. We're all feeling it. It's a crazy time in our world. But every day when you wake up, when you put on that new man, you put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh flesh in regard to its lusts, you won't go back to the old vices. Rather, you'll stick to the new ways, the good paths. Not easy, but you can do it, brethren, because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, speaking of strength, you know, one of the great ways to get re-energized is to go to church. It's true to be in fellowship, to encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. It's a great privilege to join with the church corporately. Here in America, we have that freedom to assemble publicly and uh, to sing God's praises. Let's exploit every opportunity we have. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., I want to invite you to Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're going through the book of 1 John right now. It's a tremendous study, and I know you'll be blessed. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue, and you can call uh, 844-48-TRUTH for details, 844-48-TRUTH, or go to our website, walkintruth.com and click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. God bless you. We'll see you right here tomorrow. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. Praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, could you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, called Put on the New Self. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.